This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T E C O V A S.com. You can probably spell it, you probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. You know, I can't speak for her, but I think for me it was like I wouldn't have been so influenced by the fans being involved in it. And to be honest, I think I knew in the beginning or around that time that this was something we probably should have slowed down. This is episode 407 with Michael Ray. He walked in and he just looked like a wrestler, a professional wrestler. He did. Massive. And Michael Ray's always been a guy in shape, but I think we start talking about that immediately. I think people are like, how do you start these shows? Like, what do you talk about? It's the first thing that I think of when I see them. And it usually goes from there. And I got places that I'll maybe go. Where I never go, though, is the Ray bus thing. Yeah, that's true. We got so on. And I was going to ask him about standing Ray up at the bus. And I think people are going to hear it in this. We got so on to something that was so opposite that it just felt weird to kind of crash that and start over there. I feel like you were very strategic in this interview. I didn't want him to feel uncomfortable because I wasn't going to go poking after the ex-wife stuff mm-hmm. unless he kind of, you know, stuck his head out of the groundhog out of the hole and been like, hey, I'm willing to talk about it a little bit. I never want to push anybody into a place where they're not comfortable. And we danced there a little bit early in the interview. We got out and I said, okay, he's, pretty, he's good. He, and I didn't want him to say anything that he wouldn't, I don't want to say be proud of saying, but anything he would regret saying. Yeah. So I was kind of feeling him out there, like he's not too emotional about it. He's controlled. And so then we go back to it. We go back to that well later on. I don't think it's the biggest takeaway from this. It may be the most clicks from this, but I think the biggest takeaway is a guy who is just trying to be a better person, is trying to live healthier, had some crap go down, some people die, a divorce, and he was forcibly to get healthier by himself. I mean, he put himself through it. So, you know, big growth. I think that's the takeaway here is big growth. But Michael Ray, I have not really spent much time with Michael Ray. 
uh, we allude to it in the beginning here, the last time I saw him, we did a couple Opry things together. One of them was on stage. I remember what he brought up. And then one of them was we played the Opry at the same time and we were just backstage in the dressing rooms together. I don't know that he remembered that one. He was talking about the one on stage where I gave mm-hmm. him a plaque. I, I was just part of the TV show. And if I'm on camera, I don't even remember that. That's not even real life. <laughs> so I had to go back and look and see the picture he was talking about. But I will say, after this, I, I like the guy. He's a really nice guy. I like the guy. And I think early on, I would just see all the tattoos and I would go, you know, he's sleeved up. Probably not a guy that I'd like to hang out with. He just, it's, just, it's like an ultimate fighter guy. Unfair, I think. Uh, I assigned some unfair things to him based on that. But he's always been super nice and had a great time. And then he hung out afterward and we just talked. We were, Eddie and I were about to work out afterward, me, him, and Klug. And Michael Ray just hung out with us for like 20 minutes. We worked out and just, you know, talked. And I don't know. I liked the guy. Not that I didn't like him, I just didn't know. Yeah. I was like, sleep with one eye open. And then he, you know, ditched Ray that time, which we never yeah. got to. <laughs> so uh, Michael Ray here, follow him at Michael Ray Music. At Michael Ray Official. Can we play a couple songs of his? Yeah. He's got this new song called Spirits and Demons with Megan Patrick. Spirits and demons won't bring no healing. Ain't no miracle at the bottom of the Some songs you may know, Think a Little Less, and number one from March of 2017. In 2019, at number one with One That Got Away. That's all right. That's okay. She's gonna be one hell of a one that got away. That's all and then last year, which he talks about here in 2022, he had whiskey and rain for multi, multiple weeks. Yeah, whiskey and rain coming down, coming down. All right, Michael Ray from Eustis, Florida, 35 years old. He was inspired by his grandfather, who played music for him and taught him how to play guitar and had him perform at assisted living centers. He was very close to his grandfather. That's you know, part of the reason he loves the Opry so much. He's played the Opry over 70 times. He is signed to Warner Brothers in Nashville. He's currently on tour till the end of October, and he has a new EP called Dive Bars and Broken Hearts that came out on June 23rd. Here is Michael Ray. Good to see you, man. You too, man. I was talking to these guys. I, said, I guess I haven't seen you since backstage at the Opry, Ryman, Opry, maybe pre-pandemic. Yeah, it was when, actually, you gave me my first platinum plaque that day. You know what? Maybe that was... Uh, I, I think it was, was at the regular... The, yeah, the, the, the Opry. The, the Opry, yeah. I Got think it. that was the last time, which was been a... Yeah. Dude, you look before. jacked. Oh, thanks, man. You've been hitting hard? Yeah, yeah. Man, I, you know, being out on the road, I was, I was always, like, trying to be lean, and, and then, like, I was like, man, I want to put some size on, and, and during the, like, end of the pandemic, I was like, screw it, we don't got photo shoots or anything going on, so you could pack on some weight if you want, so uh, now I'm trying to lean back down. I feel like I got... But pack on weight, I don't think it's fair, because you look jacked. There's a difference in if I eat a bunch of sugar for four <laughs> days and have a crazy water retention, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. like... So what what's the routine? What's the 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 beef up routine? Man, I've been I've started doing this carnivore diet, um, where it's pretty much like it's kind of like keto, but not as like strict. But it's um, all meat, uh, all, all meat, all meat. Like, but yeah, like I eat a bunch of steak, bunch of chicken, bunch of you know uh, any 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 meat, eggs, um, fruit. A um, bunch of my buddies in the UFC, they they got on and they said they started feeling really good. And it's so hard. I mean, you know how it is on the road to try to eat healthy. Impos- it's, it's impossible. It's impossible. And so at least then it's like, you know, I, I, I don't eat fast food. I try not to. But yeah. if I do have to at least 
there's something there. I just eat the, like the meat. It's so hard to not live a regular life, but have regular habits. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and it gets really bad for me when I'm traveling a lot, if I'm doing a TV show or, or touring, because if I'm here and I'm working Monday through Friday and I'm getting up at this time, I'm going to bed at this time and I'm working on everything I can then do just straight habitual. Yeah. I can, I can commit. It's habitual, but man, you start staying up late or not knowing where food or not having access to, and you're <laughs> yeah. hungry. Yeah. And you're like, it's just going to be the bag of Fritos. That's it, man. You just got, you got to go down and grocery shop at the little, uh, convenient part of the hotel. We were yeah. just in a place, some, similar thing, man. It was this tiny town and uh, I've been shooting a TV, a second season for inside the base on the circle network. And so we we're in this little town shooting stuff with the, um, coast guard and like, there is no Uber. There is no food around there. It's like mom and pop and it shuts down at seven. It's just a wholesome all American little yeah. town, you know? So you get there, you're like, well, I guess it's the chips that we're doing tonight, you know? So you just kind of get all there is. Can. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. it's also like, you know, growing up how I grew up, you know, and most people where I come from are obese or just not healthy because we didn't have the education of what good food was and right. everybody was poor. So to get to eat clean and healthy is kind of a rich person thing dude i just said this the other day i my uh, friends of mine down home man that that work you know bust their butt man and, and they're the sole provider because the mom stays at home because it's cheaper for them to stay at home than yeah. it is for them to have daycare right and man i got to think about this i go the reason why we have i think some of the weight issues we have is because you know i come from a small town in florida it's the same thing man you you feed the kid you, the kid's got to eat you know so you feed and them, a you 10 piece of kentucky fried chicken and so instead of now it's 14 dollars for three pieces of chicken breast or it's 10 dollars for 10 pizzas well what are you going to do if you're on absolutely budget? you know you got no choice and and uh and i've told him i go i don't know how people do it man just for me it's Two hundred dollars, two fifty, three hundred dollars, just for me if I'm home for a week. Do you go grow? <laughs> this is funny because, listen, except for stopping at a gas station to buy groceries, I went from being having absolutely no money to having a lot of money in a relatively quick span where I didn't have the education to learn about money. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah. I went from not knowing about money at all because yeah. I was never around it to then not knowing at all because I had to have people help me with it because I did, I have, I'm having to pay percentages to people and I got yeah. agents and managers and I get, and so I was like, Oh my God, I don't want to do it wrong. So please. So I have people. So my money education kind of came and went quickly. With that being said, I would like go grocery shopping at the gas station when I was, had no money, and then when I had all the money, <laughs> until recently, my wife has said, "Okay, we're going to the grocery store." And so I go to the grocery store. I'm. It, it's weird how much groceries cost, and that's a weird thing to say because I'm so disconnected in that way. Yeah. And I was single until I was 37 years old. Right. Yeah. So you're just eating so whatever you want. Eat whatever yeah. I want. Grab. Yeah. Go to the. I would just literally any milk. Go to the gas station. I get one thing at a time. <laughs> that's, that's how I go. Such a bad thing, thing at a time. Yeah. yeah. Exactly what we do. And I was gone yeah. so much, or I would Uber eats it. So until I've only had to start learning like the real life, like normal human connection grocery store stuff, dude. It's crazy how expensive grocery store. It's stupid. It's insane, bro. Like, like just eggs to go to now. And to go to Whole Foods? Oh, yo, Whole Foods. That's a big flex. Yeah, Whole Foods is, you're, you're spending $200. You walk out, nothing's more depressing than you spend the $200 and you walk out with like two bags. And I'm not you're saying like, I can't the- afford it. I want people to be like, oh, listen to Bobby Wang. No, no, no. I just had no idea. Yeah, dude, it's, I'm with you, man. Like, and- I would suck at prices right right about those yeah. games. Like, how much is, how much is, come on down. Pine <laughs> sole and a box of hamburger butts. About $73, Bob. No, it's either $2 sorry. or $150. I don't yes. know what it is. So, do you do your own grocery shopping? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I'm home, um, 
because I'm only home for a few days. And so I got a Traeger out there and that's been like something that's really like brought, I, I just love it, man. I'll cook some stuff and like give it to neighbors mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so it's kind of like a, I don't know, kind of getaway, you know, I go pick up the meat and uh, stuff and I'll just grill out at, at the house for a few days. So, so like I said, man, we're always on the road. We, we travel with the grill and stuff and, and I try to grill out there and eat as healthy as I can. But like we said, it's tough. So when I'm home, I'm, Try to, it's like a it's like a spa retreat when I am home. It's like getting the sauna, sweat everything out, and do you, you cook? You like a sauna? Yeah, that a thing. Yeah, I got an infrared at the house. You know, we were just talking about having one of those. My wife was like, she she will go somewhere where there's an infrared sauna, mm-hmm. and she believes in it. And I guess I just don't. I guess I haven't spent the time educating myself on the difference of what an infrared versus just a hot sauna is yeah why do you do it um for me what i found is well it, so it's it heats up from like the inside you know and so there's a bunch of like of your body or that machine of the machine so it's like it's not like a steamer you yeah. know and so it's like you you sit in there and it slowly you start feeling it get hot and and man dude mine's like half the size of the couch that mike's sitting on it's in my garage and you just plug it in man and, and what i've what i have found out though is if you do it consistently for a few days you start feeling i start feeling um just less kind of anxious you know and i do the cold cold bath thing and i take cold showers cold plunge in the morning Mm -hmm. or just at any time in the morning uh so the one thing that i've been doing a little bit is my friend and he's also uh if i get sick i call adam bobo oh yeah bobo yeah so he has arite yep and I've been learning a bit about inflammation within the body, inside the body, especially with injuries. And welcome to our health and wellness podcast yeah. <laughs> with Bobby and Michael, by the way. Uh, but uh, he has a cryo. Oh, man. Those are awesome. And I swear to God, I do it for a couple of days in a row and I just feel better in my joints. Yep. Even if it's a placebo. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how much some stuff of that is. Probably you know? some. I mean, really, probably some. But I tell you, after a couple of days, I really do feel better in my body because of... And you get in and it's three and a half minutes and you, I, we, you know, you turn on any song you want, but I usually turn on uh, uh, Bulls on Parade. I do Rage Against the Machine because it's so freaking cold. It is so cold. I'm just in my underwear. It's like ice blowing on you. That song, exactly three minutes. And, it blows, and, and you know, I'm in, I'm focused. I finish. You're cold. Your nipple's about to break off. Oh, dude, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. I feel like they're like icicles about to just fall off your chest. Now that, the, infra, uh, the, the uh, cryo I get and I love, the infrared, I guess I just haven't. Yeah, I think try it, man. Try it a few days in a row. Um, what, what I feel the most out of it is mentally. Like I feel more mental, mental like clarity. clarity. Yeah, when, when I do it in a like, so I'll wake up, do like faster cardio. I got a, a Bowflex bike. It's like a Peloton that they have. So I'll do that and then hop in the sauna for thirty minutes and then go take a cold shower. Did you find yourself like you needed to get on some sort of mental health, physical wellness journey after all the crap that you've kind of been a part of the last couple of years or is this a general something you've been in for the last five six seven years no it was definitely after that time after all that and during too you know i think i just really leaned on a lot of people that were you know trying to make healthier choices and healthier habits out of out of you know that situation and um i just really started feeling like man i feel when i did those consistently i felt more clear i felt more less anxious i felt like i was making right decisions and 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 navigating you know especially that time navigating that as well as i could uh, i have a close friend of mine has gone through public very public something very similar and and listen i've been through similar it, it's very hard to be a public person going through something private yeah and everybody feels like they know way more than they actually know mm-hmm. And they really don't, but they know more than they would if you were someone had no notoriety at all. Yeah. 
And so, and it's also a weird thing too, because if you volunteer to give people information, people then expect they can have all the information in the whole world about you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, you, you told us this, so now we deserve to know more, more, more. And they get mad and then they insert their own story if they don't get exactly what they want. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it's all, you know, we're all showing everything we can on social media. So like you said, they feel like they're, well, I want to know more. I want to know more about this. And, you know, people make decisions off of headlines that, you know, aren't true or, or things that are, that are twisted or, or, you know, and I understand, man, like, you know, we signed up for the public side of stuff, but it is tough, man. It's tough when you're going through something private and people forget that you're, you're a human you're being, real life first. human being. you know, you're right. a human being, you're somebody's son, you're, you know, it's, it's, it's bigger than, you know, it's, it's different than, than just music, you know, there's more to it. And we'll get back to that later. I, I was just thinking about the health and wellness stuff. Um, Let's talk about music then. So we bring that up. Megan Patrick. I, I love Megan Patrick. She's the best, man. She's Did, awesome. Didn't didn't know her like uh like sitting here. I just had I'd seen her a couple times. I knew her from Mitchell a little mm-hmm. bit, Mitchell's wife. And I box at Rumble here in town a little bit. Yeah. And I don't have my glasses on, I can't see anything. And I was about to go in and some blonde girl, woman, lady, can't really tell. Sorry. It's like, hey. And I'm like, hey, I'm, again, I can't, <laughs> are you? I can't see any, it wouldn't matter who it was. Yeah. It's like, hey, and I'm like, what's up? Cause I, I don't know who it is. If it's a listener. Right. Yeah. Like, Carrie Underwood's yeah, walking. Yeah. Never know. And I'm like, what up? And she's like, I'm coming over to your house. And I'm like, oh God, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> what have I done? Uh, you who? You're like, I don't even drink. Right. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> so she was like, Megan Patrick. And so she didn't have any makeup on. She was just a sweats. And yeah. she, Megan's an athlete too. Oh, dude. And yeah. I'm like, oh, what up, Megan? And so she, we, we say hello there. She comes over. We do this. It's awesome. And then we go and we play golf together. And Austin, she... Um, she told me that y'all, y'all played. Yeah, yeah. And we played. We hung out for a whole day. So we had, we had had like two and a half days together, not consecutively. But I just left left those couple of days going dang megan patrick's like down like oh she's awesome dude just like you want to hang out with her you want to be her yeah. friend you want if you're going to get into a fight that's who you that, want on dude, your side I, I always joke i said the other day i go i go if there was like a section like in the yearbook where it was like which couple's going to probably end up kicking a bunch of people's butt in a bar fight i go <laughs> megan and tenpenny would be the couple i put my money on and i don't think megan could whoop mitchell and then megan, megan without time. megan without a beat goes it's happened a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> how, did, how do you and Megan know each other and how did you get together in this song? Um, maybe, you know, we knew each other just from kind of see, you know, we run in the same circle and knew each other for, for a while and kind of see each other at like doghouse, a little, you know, get togethers or songwriter events or whatever. What's, what's doghouse? It's a place on Demumbrian by Tin Roof. Like, a, a, they have a bunch of like songwriters rounds and stuff like that. So just kind of like you, I'd see her and Mitchell out. They did come out on the, you know, everybody gets home on Sunday. So you kind of go out, see everybody and, and I've always been a fan of her stuff. And, and here in the last few years, you know, she's from Canada and, and crushing it up there. And I started hearing some of her stuff. And and uh, and I was just saying, like, I got the same thing when we first hung out with her. I was like, man, she's a badass, dude. <laughs> like, this yeah. girl's like, she's a she's a real deal. And, like, not afraid to go up to somebody and go, hey, I'm Megan. You know, what's up? And um, so we were we would re- recorded Spirits and Demons first. And we just used um, Allison Veltz, who's one of the co-writers on it, for the the female part. Um, so Allison saying in the place that Megan, in the place that Megan did. Right? Yeah. Until we found somebody. And so we, you know, bounced around and it's always like, do you go outside of the genre? Do you stay in the genre? Who's at the label? I'm signed to Warner, you know, so who's there that maybe we could work something with and started bouncing around. And, and then her name popped up and I was like, man, 
yeah, I love her voice, man. Like she's got this strong, you know, she's just, it's there. She's powerful. It has some soul and some grit to it. And, and, uh, we sent it to her and, and they had just released her EP like a month. Greatest show. Prior, on greatest dirt. show on is dirt. I believe is what it's yeah. called, which is a great EP that I love that song. Greatest show on dirt. Um, and she agreed to do it. And dude, she comes in the studio Oh, you did it with her? Like in the she did her part. I was there. Yeah, yeah, Me yeah. and Michael Knox, uh, who's my producer, who produced all Jason Aldean stuff. Megan goes in there in like first take, mm. and I'm like, look at Knox. I'm like, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess if she wants to resing it, you know, like let her do it. So she did it a few times just to have, you know. But dude, she showed up. And she showed up every time and just nails it. We've been able to sing it a couple times live, and she just crushed it. And it was like, as soon as we, as soon as we got in the studio and we heard our voices together, even without any polish or anything on it, man, it just fit, and our voices fit real well together. And um, I'm excited for her, man, and and excited to, for her that she's a part of it. I think that it was made for. And that's the single, right? We played it before you got here. That's the single. Um, I think. It's or is it just yeah. your? It, it's just now what we released the day of the EP. Got um, it. So we haven't picked a true single yet. You um, think there's a shot? That's it. I think so. I'm shooting. That's what. That's what I want. I mean, I think it's really good. Thank you, man. I was going through the EP and just looking at some of. Um, I, I'd heard all the songs, but I was going through again just to see who had written a bunch of these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, the last track, Wallen and Hardy and Josh Osborne and Jesse Frazier, which is pretty cool. My favorite part of it though is the song "Hate This Town." So there's a place down here that my wife and I would go eat all the time. And this guy, it was mask time too. So you just didn't know what anybody looked like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there were times right after COVID where people I'd known for like a year, I was like, that's your mouth? Yeah. Oh, you need a dentist, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one way or the other. I was like, that, huh? yeah. you have a goatee? Yeah. Like there are all these things that were discovered. The after. mask helps some people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was one of them, I think. Yeah. So we go to this and, and our waiter, we didn't really know what his face looked like, but every week we would go and we'd see him and he was mm. just awesome. And we knew his name and knew where he lived. And like one of the last times we were there, I was like, hey, so like, what's the deal? He, he says, it's his last week working there. I said, well, like, what are you going to do? And he said, man, I, I'm about to sign a publishing deal. And I was like, you're a writer? He's like, yeah, I'm a writer. I'm an artist. I said, we've been coming in here for 12, 13 months. You never once mentioned that. And I said, first of all, in a way, that's awesome. I yeah, appreciate I was that. Say, that's kind of cool. Because everywhere yeah. I go, not everywhere, but a lot of places I go, people will find a way to either bring it up or bring, bring it to me. Right. Not once did this guy do that. And I, I said, well, are you any good? And he was like, I mean, I'm trying to be. <laughs> and so. We, My mom likes he, it. He, yeah, he showed, <laughs> he showed me his face, yeah. honestly. I was like, look, can I see? We haven't seen your face yet. We've been with us forever. He takes his mask off. And I was like, dang, you're actually pretty good looking. And so <laughs> I was doing some stand up here um, at a theater in town. And I, invite, I said, hey, you're, you've been awesome forever. Why don't you come to the show? You and your friend can come sit at the show. And. He's like, oh, cool. So he comes to the show. Well, what he doesn't know is I've got this thing planned. And I say, hey, will you, this, our waiter's been here for a while. He has no idea he's going to get invited up here. Uh, oh, that's awesome. So his name is Johnny Clausen, and he, he wrote Hate This Town. Yep, yep. And so, and I, I didn't put any of it together until I was looking back through your EP again. Uh, that's wild, dude. What a, what a full circle moment. And he came up and he, he killed. He yeah. did not know he was going to perform. He didn't even have his guitar. We had Eddie's guitar. And, yeah. we were like, and he came <laughs> up and he crushed. But so Johnny Clausen, who was that guy, wrote it with 
Kalen Roberson and John Wood, but that song specifically, Hate This Town, how did it get to you? Um, you know, I, I love writing songs and I write a lot, um, but I also lean on the songwriting community, you know, and all my heroes cut outside songs. And especially now more than ever, I feel it's important for us to lean into that community, you know, with just the way that music is being bought. You know, there's the, there's the, the revenue for songwriters isn't what it was when people were buying tangible albums right. anymore. And, um, and we're touring so much, man. I just, I sometimes I just feel like it's best. I just hit my songwriter buddies up and go, Hey man, here's what we're looking for. Hey, if you're writing today and you've, you know, got anything in this vein, here's kind of what we need. Um, Knox actually got this song sent to him. Um, and he put it in our Dropbox and I heard it. And I grew up in Florida, man, where it was Southern rock and, and, you know, I grew up, grew up on a lot of traditional country. And, and so it had some of that pieces to it, you know, and it just, I've, I love the, Felt like I'd gone, I'd gone through that, you know, a little bit. Um, and I think everybody's gone through that when, especially in a small town where you, something has happened and, you know, a lot of times that's a breakup or something where you never thought that this town would be a place you wanted to get out of or needed a break from for a little bit. Uh, and you always a place that you loved and you went to, but now there's so many memories to it. There's so much going on. Um, that you just need a break from it. I just felt like we'd all, all been there and it's, uh, it's been a fun one to play, man. Let's take a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. And we're back on the Bobby cast. You feel like you've aged a lot in the past five years. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a lot of advice now that you wouldn't have been able to give that now you can give? Oh, dude, I feel like a grandpa. Dude, <laughs> there was a time too in my career yeah. where I went, I've been through some real crap now. And for the first time, if somebody said, Hey, can you help me? I need some advice. I'd be like, yep, I sure can. 100%. And, I got, and I have, yeah, yep, absolutely, man. And it takes challenge. It takes going through challenges to actually be understand why you're grateful for stuff too absolutely gives you new perspective yeah man and 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 man you just have no other choice it's like you get everybody's life's life's gonna have ups and downs but i believe especially now man that no matter if it's the up or the down it's all part of the purpose to get you where you're gonna be you know and who you're supposed to be and sometimes having that wake up or having that jerk you know just oh my god you know life altering something happening is what makes a lot of people reassess everything you know and then you're in that fork in the road where you go okay well do i go this way or do i go this way and either you know and now all of a sudden you got a clear mind because you went through all this yeah. and I, the rocky movies are my favorite movies ever and so i always tell people i might do that at the end it was like adrian we he's all beat up you know but he did it you know right. he's, he's a champ and it's like going through those things i used to always you know my one of my biggest problems was showing vulnerability you know, I grew up in a divorced home, a lot of fighting, you know, a lot of verbal abuse, a lot of, you know, I was always in different places all the time. And, and so, um, I never wanted people to see that side. I never wanted people to think the bad of to feel sorry for my family. You want to be a charity. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And so I always wanted, I just never showed vulnerability. I always tried to keep that wall up, you know, and it's exhausting is <laughs> what I found out through the years. What was home like for you? Um, so my parents got divorced when I was eight and then, um, you remember them together a little bit. I remember one Christmas and, and it was a Christmas where we grew up in this double wide trailer, um, on 10 acres and my family donated, my family started the first fire station, um, in your town, in that town. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in that area. Is it like you used to, what's what Eustis, Yeah. It. And so my grandfather, and my grandmother started that. And that was at the front end of our, our, of our acreage and everybody kind of lived, all our family lived pastures apart, you know? And so, uh, I remember one Christmas, I don't, other than that, very little, very little memories. And it's weird how me and my little sister talked about it. It's weird how you block out a lot of things, you know, and you, when you look back at my childhood, I'm like, man, there's some, I don't, 
there's like years i'm like where did what do we do like it's, it's just like kind of gone did your my parents had divorced when i was five or six and i can remember barely them mm-hmm. before my biological dad left just barely right and so i do have like this shred but then my biological dad was never around i, I never saw him again until i was almost 36 37 years old did your mom and dad are they still alive yeah okay yeah. and did did they remain in the same town did you have a relationship with both of them did you go back and forth yeah yeah i did um and they they you know my, my mom was from Eustis area. She's from Tallahassee, but went to Eustis High School, moved down there when she was growing up. And she grew up in a real tough environment too, you know, um, abused and, and divorced home and kind of split. And so luckily, I mean, they, what, the one thing they did do right is they kept me and my sister together. You know, even though I live with my dad, my sister lived with my mom, our weekends were at the same time, you know, unless I was playing music with my grandpa or whatever, then I was out with him. But um, yeah, and the, what, what was tough though, and it was tough, bro, until not that long ago was my mom and my dad their their um, relationship was so tumultuous um, but yeah yeah like yeah i mean we to a point where i was like man listen i can't put somebody over here and somebody you know like i didn't ask for any of this you know i was we were i was eight my sister was six like we didn't ask for any of this you know like both of y'all re- remarried and separated you know let's you know also i need you to look at it as i know you got some personal stuff there but that's my dad and that's my mom so I, you know, imagine did you that have these conversations own. with with them? Mm-hmm. That that's a tough that's a tough conversation to be the kid and the adult. It's tough, man. It's tough, and it's and it's a weird thing too. Is I feel like in life, it, it kind of, there is that switch where it starts. Where all of a sudden, your parents are like, my mom is you know calling me and my sister, and my dad's calling us for advice, and I'm like, when did this happen? Right. You know what I mean? Like when did we become the? Or I'm like, dad, what are you doing, bro? You can't you know you can't do that. Or mom, don't you know? And uh, it is it's it's weird, man. But I wasn't confident in doing that until. I went to, I did my first ever, I never really done therapy before. And, uh, there's a group of guys and a guy named Al here in Nashville that has helped a lot of artists out and, um, him and a guy named miles. And so I've been onsite. So that's on site. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I, onsite. Have you yeah. been onsite? No, but I went to a place in Arizona that's like on site. Yeah. It. And so it was, dude, <laughs> I won't mention cause we obviously got to keep things private in those things, but I go to Arizona, right? This this was a this was such a, like a god like universe moment of just like humbleness, but also what people think our lives are, you know, from the Instagram or from social media or whatever they've made in their head. Bro, I go to Arizona for therapy, seven days, intense. I mean, it was like the guy told me he goes, you pretty much went from not driving a car to the Daytona five hundred, right? And uh, I go in there knowing exactly what dude. I just started feeling like I was getting angry, started feeling I was getting some traits that people in my family had, and I I wasn't being able to control them. And I was like, I'm, I want to nip this in the butt. I've always felt since I was a kid, I was the guy that was going to change my family's path. And I started seeing those things pop up and, you know, all of a sudden my anger or or, shit, that's not me, you know? And I'm like, we got to do something. And, uh, somebody, a friend of mine at the label reached out to Al and Al hooked me up at this place. First person I meet when I walk in there, first person in my group, from Franklin, Tennessee. Really? <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're in random Arizona. Random Arizona, dude. And the, it even better. It's I, a dude you see at the Y. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Steve, what are you doing here, bro? <laughs> so I thought maybe I'd get out and it'd be, you know, no one would know. And, and it would just be, you know, me and a bunch of people and, and a group. And it was one-on-one, too. I'm driving to my first day. Park, get a call from my management. Hey, congratulations. Whiskey and Rain went number one a week early. Looks like you're about to have your first two week number one and it was already right to go about to go platinum i just pulled into therapy <laughs> like, and i'm sitting in the parking lot get this call dude and it was just this rush of emotions because i think 
I didn't realize, you know, coming from the South, coming from, you don't talk about stuff. Therapy was not a thing except no. for what people did, what rich people did on TV. Yeah. And there were shrinks and that's just not for us because we got to worry about eating, not right. going to have a mental health check. Yeah. Or you look and you go, I'm not paying you $150 an hour yeah. to talk to you. You know, I'll, I'll go and do this or I'll go whatever. And, and all it does is just push it down and push it down. And, and at some point it's like filling up a five gallon bucket. You know, it only can hold five gallons. You put five and a half, half of it's fallen out, you know? And so um, I think that's what we do as humans. We just push it down, push it down, push it down. And then it comes out in an angry way or, or in a way that you grew up that all of a sudden you're like, Oh wow. I, why did I just say that? You know, or why did I just do that? It's funny. You were seeing some of those traits that you didn't want to have that maybe you had seen though as a kid and 100%. Yeah. And you to even Ha- acknowledge to even have the wherewithal to go. Uh oh, I see this. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, because sometimes I'll have these, but I don't. I can't notice. I don't have the capability to go. Uh oh. Sometimes my wife will be like, "Hey, just so you know, you're spiraling." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, you're right." Yeah. The fact that you could see it in yourself, like that's that's it's pretty mature. Yeah, I mean, it was it was. It, I I think I just those are the memories I have growing up of some of those. You know holes punched in walls and you know, all of that stuff that I never did that, but it was like those little things where I was like, Oh, that's close. And then I also had a, my mom's sister, not to get all down, but my mom's sister uh, took her own life uh, around just before that time. And I remember sitting at the service and for the first time ever, before I went into the therapy, like I literally dude could sit on my couch and this is not me. Like I'm up in the morning at the gym. Like I, I try to like live every second I can and dude, for months, man, I couldn't get off the, there'd be days where I just didn't literally no, no, just checked out and numb. Lord, like I could, I'd look at that water bottle and go, man, I'm thirsty and sit there for 10 hours, you know? And I, and I could, and I'd break out of it for a little bit, but then I'd go out, you know, and then I'd come back and isolate. And that was my problem is isolation. And I realized that once stuff get bad, I just remove myself from the stuff. I do the same thing. And it's tough, man. It's still, and it's, it's from friends, you know, people calling you, people hitting you up. And, and luckily, man, I got a good group of guys around me. You know, Brantley Gilbert was one of them that called me and was like, Hey, get in that Jeep, get your ass down to my house for a few days and yeah. come hang out, you know? And, uh, so it was all these things I start realizing. I'm like, I don't like the fact that I feel like somebody's driving the ship. And I'm looking at it. Did they, were you diagnosed as being clinically depressed when you started going to therapy? Uh, yeah. Or were you just like, like going, to, I was depressed? Uh, no, they told me that because I, so what it ends up happening, they said that when your body has so much going on, that there's two ways that it reacts, right? And it's either this hyperactive thing where that's a nervous people that are, oh, you know, or it's like paralyzed. And they're like, that's it's what like you fight were. or flight. Yeah. It's fight or flight. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's pretty much what I was, what I was dealing with, you know? And then, and then what's, what's more messed up about that situation is in your mind, you're like, why am I doing this? I know I shouldn't be doing this. Why am I not answering this call? Why am I not doing this? Uh, whatever. But it's like, your body's not, it's like, I can't go. I want to grab that book, but like someone's holding me down, you know, and there, it was the weirdest thing. So I think all of that and then starting to notice like anger and the different things I, I didn't like seeing growing up. And like I said, I always felt like I was a guy that was meant to change the path of my, my family. And, and, uh, I just wanted to, wanted to change it, man. And luckily, you know, somebody at Warner stepped in and, and a lot like your wife, you know, some, we need people like you need your wife in those, those situations where it's like, Hey, Bobby, cause I love you. I'm this. And, is and I'm happened. always irritated. Yeah. And like, right. you don't even yeah. understand. Yeah. You don't even yeah. know what I'm, yeah. and then, you don't know like, what I've been through. Right. And then it's like, after like, after she tells me this and I have an hour, I'm like, God dang, she was right. Yeah. 
She was right. Yeah. And sometimes she tells me this and I'm like, you don't even, and in my mind I'm going, she's been right the other eight times. So yeah. she's going, but still I'm like, you don't even know. It's like, I cannot stop the cycle of telling her she's wrong yeah. when she's always right. Yeah. The Bobby cast. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Bobby cast. I just think our, we have parallel paths here mm-hmm. in a lot of ways from where we come from, the culture that we were in, what we were exposed to, what the people in our towns did. I'm from a yep. very hardworking mill town. Like that's work. You mm-hmm. go and you work and then you have a few hours in the evening and then you go to sleep and you go to work again. Yep. Right. And so for me, I've always been so scared to have kids because I don't want to make that mistake that my biological father did, yeah. which he was just gone. I don't I mean, I don't know him now. Mm-hmm. Met him. We, I don't hate him anymore, but we don't have a relationship. You coming from where you come from, does that concern you at all with having children? Because, uh, again, you can sit and have the understanding of I'm going into these patterns. Does that does it concern you that you would do that as a dad? No, because I wanted to break that before that ever happened. You know, before I ever have a family, I didn't want that to be my first reaction. And so, because I, I, I feel, I, I really uh, feel feel what you're saying. Because I've always kind of battled that too, of like, do I do I want to have kids? If I what if I repeat this process? That's my fear, you know. And then what if I what if I repeat it and I don't even know I'm going down that rabbit that pattern? I don't see it, and all of a sudden, boom! I look up and I'm in it. You know, and this is not what I wanted, and now I'm dragging a kid through. You know what I went through, and all that is hell, man. You don't want. I would never want to do that. But then there's also part of me, man, and I think over the last couple of years, it just really made me feel like there's a bigger purpose in life, and that's something I want to. I hope to experience one day. You know, when you were at and and we'll just call it your therapy mm-hmm. uh, your camp. That's what yeah, I call yeah, my yeah, therapy. Pretty much camp. what it is. Yeah, uh, I I was in a pretty bad place where I didn't I'd have any connections. Like I didn't feel true connections with people. I was just mm-hmm. numb. Yep. Um, I, Same, man. Instead of drinking, because I don't drink, I've never drank because of my biological dad. They all drank. So I've never drank. But what I would do is I would just work. Yeah. Just to, same thing. Just you just find something to consume yourself with so you don't feel other things. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was doing all the time, all the time, all the time. And so I had a couple different friends. And I've said their names. I don't think they would care. And it's not a name drop, but just to acknowledge how like important they were at the time. Uh, Dave Haywood. Oh, yeah. He's one of the sweetest guys. From man. Lady A was yep. like very analytical guy, but also super creative. And he mm-hmm. was like, hey, man, you're having to run your own crap and you're also having to like be creative and think and and you know come up with these ideas at the same time you're managing folks he was like you do thought about on-site and well i want to go some therapy i mean i'd go to therapy but i'm not going to some hoity-toity therapy yeah yeah, no way what am i gonna do i'm gonna go live for a month strangers what's up yeah yeah i feel you i was the same way man and so he's like just think about it i said okay okay um nicole galleon talked to me about it a little bit because nicole and myself and ross kaufman had done this secret writing project together we'd written all these songs and did it under a fake name. And so we did. And and then it was honestly, Tyler Hubbard and I got into a huge fight. A couple of them. They'd like come at me randomly. And then we'd always like get on the phone and he'd yell at me. And I'd yell at him. And then we'd be like, cool again. And we went to have coffee once. And he was like, bro, you need to go to aunt's eye. That's my best Tyler impression. <laughs> and I was like, really? He goes, yeah, it helped me complete it. And yeah. so it was freaking Tyler. Yeah. Who, and we've been up and down in our relationship for my whole time I've been mm-hmm. here, but it was, Definitely one of those places where we were good. He was like, it would really help you. Because I think Tyler and I are very – I think that's probably why we butt heads sometimes, too. We're very similar. Yeah, he's a workaholic, too. I think he we're works very his butt off, yes. dude. That yes. guy doesn't stop. Very similar. So I trusted him, and I went, and there was an entire group that was together. 
And then there was me. And some of the folks that were like, you won't want to get in a group because people are going to know who you are and you're going to worry that they're going to be telling folks stuff if you're sharing. Yeah, yeah. So I did, I think, six days, five or six days of eight hours a day, one-on-one. One-on-one? One-on-one. I hadn't cried in years. And I remember telling the lady, I, I ain't. Same therapist. I have same therapist every day, right? Oh my god, that's like, that's heavy, I'm dude. Like, I don't cry. I wish I could cry. I'm like a bathtub that hasn't been unclogged. Yeah. <laughs> it's just full of hair. Like, yeah, and it's got like hair in it. The water is like green. Just, There's maybe some blood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The water. And she was like, "Well, I'm not going to force you to cry, but at some point, it's going to happen. Day one, nope. Day two, nope. A couple things happen. Day three, day four, we did this thing where you put like a scarf on a chair and you talk to it. If the scarf like reminds you of one of your relatives. Dude, I, yeah, it's my grandma who raised me. Yep. So she's like, talk to your grandma. Boom. Boom. Just gone. Yeah. And I couldn't, from then on, for the next couple of days, I could not not cry. Yeah. Because once it hit, dude. and it was the biggest breakthrough I've ever had. Mine was EM, EDMR. Yeah, done that too. That was mine, dude. Mine. And I went there very honestly. And it was funny because I, so very similar thing. They were like, do you want to do the group, whatever? And I was like, I don't want to stay there so i got a i got a place next to it but i was like i'll i i think in my mind i it, it was like i just i'll do whatever i got to do to get out of this right and so this is where i need to go let's go let's do it and I'll, I'll be a part of all of it so the first day i get there and they're doing the the, the group which is like you know everybody's saying there's strangers in there like they're saying what they're there for and like some people are there for like i mean they're really going through stuff you know mm-hmm. And it gets, I'm like last and everybody's saying, and I'm like, what the, what am I going to say? I'm a little mad. You know, like I'm, I'm kind of going through some anger issues. Like this guy's like his family's falling apart, you know? And yeah. I'm like, and uh, so I just stood up dude, and I was like, Hey, I don't really know how to say this. I go, this is my first time doing this. I said, but, and I debated on if I want to do this or not. I go, but uh, Michael Roach is my actual name. Michael Ray is, is a stage name or whatever you want to call it. I go, I'm a country artist. I go, here's why I'm here. Blah, blah, blah. I go. And I, Oddly enough, have the number one song in country radio right now. And this guy, I'll never forget, he was sitting over there and he was an older guy. And after the group, he comes up to me and that kind of opened up everybody. And then all of a sudden, everybody starts talking a little bit more. And now that group, dude, by day two or day three, we were like, we were in group texts, you know, and like really leaning on each other. And and the one guy had been in therapy quite a bit throughout his life. And he was in his late 60s, mid 60s. And he told me, he's like, man, he goes, you come in here in your early 30s. He goes, you won't go through what I've had to go through you know, you're doing it now. And, uh, and we would do the group and then we would do a few sessions one-on-one and then group and then just a few sessions and the group, we had to do those where you set the chair up mm. and it was that same exact thing to me, man. And it was like, my grandpa died two weeks before my f- first single came out and three days before my house of blue show where all the in Orlando, we sold out all radios come and they Warner brought everybody in. He passed away two days before that. And then, the, and then he was supposed to be the Opry and me and him. That's how I learned it all. Three weeks after he passed, I get an email, Hey, pick your Opry date. And I'm like, you know, and, and so and I didn't realize that I was in the radio tour. So what did I do? I go honor my grandfather at the show. That's what he'd want me to do. Show goes great. I set his guitar that he played for 50, 40, 50 years up there, had a light on it. Went to the service, wrote his obituary, did everything, right back out on the road. And I did that every time someone passed away. Didn't mourn. Never, never really. I mourned in that moment. But not, you didn't, you didn't have time to like actually. No. And I, yeah. And I just left, you know, and then, and then I realized I did that EMDR or EDMR, whichever, yeah. I, someone messed it up, but dude, that was why I went. Like, I didn't know anything about that stuff, but man, they, this one, they, they put these prongs in your hand and like vibes. Mm-hmm. Z- z- 
And I'm closed my eyes and I'm talking. And one of the craziest things, dude, that happened on the last day. She goes, do you, she goes, what do you see now? And I go, I see my grandparents and they're in that door. And I said, my, my grandma's wearing this white shirt with like some stuff like embroidery on it, but she's not old. She's like in her fifties, see how forties. I said, she's got these Coke bottle, big glasses on that used to wear in the nineties and her hair permed. I said, my grandpa's wearing a blue polo shirt. I describe everything. Right. And then it hits me. I have that photo mm. in my phone and an old photo. And they were standing there, man. And it was just the, it was, and, and again, they tell you to talk to them, which sounds so crazy when you're talking it to it sound right crazy. now. You know? It sounds crazy to even start doing it, but once you start, oh, dude, then you're like, oh. it's like a baptism, bro. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're, you just, you know, you know, and I'm, I'm bubbly crying, you know, ugly crying. And it was like that, man. I told him, I go, if that's the only reason I came, like I felt like this massive, I felt like God just put a, took his hand and pulled the weight off, you know, but Todd, but it's because of Al. And then got me into that place, and and I know Al because of Tyler and all them. So it's kind of a weird, yeah, weird circle. But I, you know, with I guess I never cried. There was real shame for me in crying, not because there was any sort of masculinity like men don't cry. I didn't have a male influence really, right? Because yeah. my dad was gone. He, I didn't even call him my dad, but for the sake of this, my biological dad was gone. I had a head football coach who was a father figure ish, as much as you can be when it's not even your kid. Right. Very much disciplined. Had a youth director who helped, but never had a dad, so it was very missed. So my not crying was never. Oh, I can't men don't cry it was like people already think i'm weak and i'm already the charity case so i'm not gonna cry because i can't show weakness because they already think right. i'm weak yeah so it was never a masculinity thing but it was a shame in being not as much yeah i didn't feel like people would feel like i had value so i, I have trouble crying and even the first time i started crying in therapy i was just so embarrassed oh yeah man. i was just like i'm sorry i'm sorry and she'd be like why, why are you sorry and I was like, no, no, I shouldn't be doing this. And I still struggle with that. But that was a big part of that for me was just crying and not apologizing for it. Yeah. I think people that grew up like we did, sorry is our first go-to. Yeah, I apologize. Before. I'm like, why did I just apologize? <laughs> like, and it, Sometimes I'm sorry. It's like it just comes out. And I think it's because growing up, man, you know, my dad was a paramedic firefighter too uh, for 20-something years. And so the the PTSD that he never got taken care of until later on in his career yeah. – Dude, it, that I mean, it made growing up sometimes hell, you know, and and he probably didn't even know why he was being affected in ways he was being no. affected. Dude, he would wake up in the middle of the night. And I remember one of the, some of the craziest stuff, man, I was like eight or nine. My parents got divorced and I was at my grandparents house and I stayed a lot with them. And um, my grandpa was, you know, teach me chords on the guitar. And I was always over there. He would call at like two in the morning and my grandpa would come. Hey, wake up. Say hey to your dad. I'm like, why is it? hey, hey, you good? Yeah. All right. Love you. And that'd be it. Later on in life, I, I'd ask my dad later on as an adult, I'm like, hey, man, why would you call us? <laughs> like two in the morning, you know where we were at. And he goes, man, because I just worked a call on an eight-year-old mm, who had the same hair, you know, everything. And it was yeah. like, and then, and the, dude, these, these men and women are trained to literally, me and you go see horror, I mean, a horror movie in real life. Take it to the hospital, do all this stuff, and then go, you good? Yeah, all right. Hey, we're we're, home and go to bed and dinner we're and back in. Yeah. Or go eat a sandwich, you know, and they push it back in there because they have to. That next call might be right as soon as they call in. That next call might be the exact same or worse or might be some, you know, an older lady slipped and fell and needs help picking up. Or it could be what you just saw. And so he all he never got help for that. He never talked to anybody. And dude, it, it just came out in anger. He was pissed off because of, you know, stuff that he had gone through and it was over controlling and just a lot of like, you know, a lot of just God, whatever can stop the fighting. I'll do. 
that's heavy stuff that yeah. I, I don't think that I think about enough either with the jobs. Military, I understand. I don't even understand, but like I understand that I don't understand. Like I understand right. what the, yeah. but yeah, even like a paramedic, you're just see, or a police officer. Yeah, man. Aside from the possibility of you dying by some bad dude killing you, just what you're seeing yeah. by going to wrecks, by yeah. going, like that's some traumatizing stuff. Yeah, man. And here or hearing like the screams of somebody that's pulling up to a, a scene and they don't know if their loved one's okay. Yeah. You know, it's just, I mean, I, and it's, it's a lot that I didn't understand. Obviously growing up, I'm like, why is my dad this way? Yeah. And it was, he made, it made a lot of things really tough. But as, as you get older, I think you have empathy. You know, also when I went to therapy, we did this like family tree thing. <laughs> Dude, when you look at it written up, you're like, Man, we've been screwed up for generations. Like, this is generational Mine stuff. Mine was like one trunk all the yeah, way down. Yeah, Arkansas, yeah. no branches, it's just, just a, a trunk. Spaghetti noodle. Yeah, yeah. It's just us. Totem pole. But yeah, so it was, So I think that made me have a little more empathy. And, and then he went and got talked talk to somebody and really figured out, you know, man, you got you to gotta get this stuff straight now because it's getting to where it's, it's hard to live with you, you know. And um, so I think I think him just going through that stuff really ca- caused it to be hard. And then because of that, it was all there's so much fighting all the time that I would just – a people pleased. And that was one of the things I brought with me into my adult life, I guess, which made stuff really hard. And you're like, yeah, I'll do this. Yeah. And then you're panicking because you add too much stuff to your plate. Now you got all this stuff going on. So I think the saying, I'm sorry, or the people pleasing, all this stuff, guys like you and I, where we grew up, man, it's just, it's, it, it just comes out, you know, I'm, I'm crying. I'm sorry. What, what are you sorry for? I feel like you have so much perspective and perspective's hard to get because you never want to have to get it because for you to have to get perspective means a lot of things didn't go right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like the most valuable thing. Perspective and empathy are like the most valuable things you could possibly own, but you can't own them if you don't do the work or go through the crap to get them. Yep. Yep. I feel like at this point in your life, you have had to develop so much perspective. Yeah, man. And understanding. What would you do differently if you could go back? Because I feel like a little bit, this is... I don't know you that well. You know, I've spent a couple of minutes. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know your ex at all. So I have no, I know nothing. Um, what would you have done differently with that whole relationship? Would you have slowed it down a little bit? Yeah. Um, you know, I think too, if I'm being honest, I think being really the only true thing I ever knew about love or marriage was my grandparents or my aunt and uncle. My aunt and uncle, my dad's brother, him and my aunt Kim, they met when they were 15 and 14 and that was it for the rest of their life, you know, until my uncle passed away. And so those were the only two things that I always, man, I want that. Or I'd go to my friend's house, you know, and and I'd see them and their family or whatever. And there was none of the, at least obviously when you're over there, they're not, they're not showing you what's really happening. But, um, I, I think, you know, I can't speak for her, but I think for me, it was like, man, look at all this going right. I think she was, you know, I, I also, we weren't around each other a lot and we're both Both touring touring artists. Yeah, man. And so you got the one day and, that you're trying to cram it in to see each other and do what, you know, and you're packing and you know, you're out again. And so I probably would have slowed things down. Um, I wouldn't have been so influenced by, I think the people, you know, fans being involved in it. And, and, yeah, you know, to be honest, I think I knew in the beginning or around that time that this was something we probably should have slowed down. If I could go back, I would not have exposed my wife to the public as early as I did. Mm-hmm. And we still waited a while. But I was like, you know, I live my life very openly. She never really had an interest in being exposed. Right. Exposed is a weird word, but just like, you know, really just exposing people because it really made it hard for I mean, it really hard for her because she 
that's not her favorite thing is to yeah. be public. She's not trying to be an influencer. She, that's not her life. She, um, she's very family oriented, not trying to be famous. But what I did by doing it earlier, I think it came on so hard and strong for her. It was a, ne- it was a negative. And she was like, I don't like this very much. And yeah. I already, already didn't love it. So I'm just going to kind of take a ha- another half step back where I wish I would have just waited a little longer mm-hmm. in that what was that conversation like for you guys? Like, okay, are we going to do this? Because I would also think if I were you guys, I'd be, I'd be loving the attention because two together. Oh, dude. I mean, I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah it's, it'd be yeah, the greatest I mean, thing ever. It's cool as shit, you know. And you want, you know, and you see Tim and Faith and yeah. you know Garth and Trisha and and you know we were both coming up kind of at the same time, her and I. So it was like it wasn't like one was over here and the other one was you know first starting out. It was like we're kind of right there at, at each other. So it was a lot to celebrate, but. um yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah. I'm not gonna lie, dude. There's a lot of a lot of perks come with it. It would know? camouflage some of the toughness, honestly. Like all the great, like man. look at these two. I don't even want to say names. I'm not gonna bring yeah. her, her name up because it's not. But it's like look at these two together because yeah. sometimes when you put two together, it's bigger than the absolutely man than the two individually. Yeah, and 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 one thing too, like we didn't like we didn't do counseling. We didn't do any of that beforehand. And I think that and there was moments that I look back now and I'm like, why didn't I? speak up on that like that was one of the first times that i realized her and i are opposite you know and i'm a very much more extroverted you know person and 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 she's not and and so there was a lot of different things i come from a big family that you know everybody hell my cousins had keys to my dad's house you know we used to just go we'd go and we wouldn't have food at the house and we'd go just go to my uncle's house and we'd be in there cooking they weren't even home you know like it was just that you know so there were little things that i think if we would have done that i think we would have seen that oh this isn't we're when when you do have the two at the same time and it's even the same business and it's and all the eyes are on you it's very easy to keep that hey everything's good even when you're home you know and you're really not going you're really not addressing issues you're not really knowing each other honestly it's just like hey we're here for 24 hours and i kind of got to do this meeting i do this meeting you want to do dinner at five cool you know and i don't think we really just realized that man this is we're we're opposite at what point on the internet did you go i can't read this i can't look at this stuff anymore because one it's either not fair not true or it's just overwhelming for me to see yeah i uh yeah i stopped for a while I, i went i went dark for a little bit um just because there was, a, there was so much that isn't true and there's so much that was twisted and it was just like out of nowhere, everybody was just like, oh, look what he did. I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? Like, first off, none of y'all were around, you know, for three years right. and you don't know anything that happened. You just know what this headline and what she has said. And because I don't believe in throwing shade at her or any of that stuff, we were both learning and growing up and I'm not trying to ruin what she's trying to go into if she wants to you know what i mean she gets another relationship i don't i don't want to ruin any of that i don't I, you know i hope she has the best success and does everything that she wants i'm not trying to make this this you know beef yeah between us two like listen both of us dropped the ball in a lot of ways man that's the truth you know and so we i didn't show up after you know the wedding day because by that point in time there was a lot of stuff that she didn't show up for and it was just kind of like there's stuff that happened that day where i was like i'm done i'm out you know, and, it, and again, I never went to therapy. I never did any of this stuff. So it was just, I had all this stuff built up. And then I think the fear of, am I repeating this process? What did I do? Uh, what about, you know, and so all of that kind of just, it was a lot, man. It, it, it really took its toll. And, and I think just, we just didn't, we, we showed up at two different times and, and then it, then 
to 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 kind of go back to to what you were asking about the the comments. I had to I had to bite my tongue a lot, man, because I was your like, restraint. Yeah, top notch. Just having a restraint period, even if every comment was right or wrong, yeah. I, I, I would have just been in the mix. Yeah, it would have been completely unhealthy, and for me, and I'd have been, but I'd have been in it, mm-hmm. and I'd have made myself worse. But you'd never, you didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. You didn't put a song out. Mm-hmm. You didn't get in the comments. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how you did it. If you had pe- good people in your ear, yeah, yeah. You know, I think a lot. My management team who was helping me a lot during that time. Also, man, I just realized too. I went home. I went to Eustis, Florida, and stayed at my uncle and aunt's house and they're downstairs and hung with family. And it was at that COVID time where no one was working. We weren't touring. It was, we was Florida. So it was open. <laughs> you know, so Florida. Didn't get, we were doing Florida our, never got COVID. Florida never got COVID yeah. yet. Stopped at the yeah. Georgia line. Yeah. <laughs> um, so dude, I think I just got re and retouched with your roots, man. Cause you know, I mean, like you were saying, we're all over the place all the time and it's very easy to get disconnected. And I think, I was during that, ang- that that was when I started seeing some of that anger start popping up. And then I went from, Oh, you want to say that? Okay. Well now the trailer park uses Florida kid comes out, you know, I'm like, I'm ready to fight. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, what are you saying? You don't know anything about this. And so I was like, I need to go home, chill with my mom, you know, hunt with my buddies, fish with my cousin, just do stuff that we did and just reconnect and, and push that all away and not even, not even look at it. It'd have been hard to even listen to the radio though, because you're on and all of a sudden you hear a song about you and you're like, mother. Oh yeah. I just embraced that. I just turned it up. Uh, Good for you. Yeah. I was like, screw it, man. Let's go. Let's take a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. This is the Bobby cast. Did you write songs that you'd never put out? Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple. I wrote one with my buddy, John Satterfield and John Stone that we might put out at some point, but it's not, it was mainly just, honestly, I don't, I don't think I actually will. Um, because we were on my bus one day and they came out to write and, and I was just like, man, because everybody kept asking, are you going to write a song? You know, just, I was like, no, I, because I don't. everybody felt like they would have back. I mean, 100%. honestly, we're all like, yeah. Wow. Like. He's, it's going hard on him. True, not true. We don't know. I don't know your relationship. Right. I don't know what happened, but it's like, God dang, there's like six songs in every song about you. Like, how's he not responding? Yeah. And that was, you know, I mean, I think she could have gone a different way of that. And I think it was, you know, I think, you know, also, I don't think people realize we, we both, we grew up in broken, broken homes. We know people from our hometown, sadly in small towns, broken homes is more common than, than ever now. Um, I know how hard a divorce can be. I've seen it. I've seen it with my parents. I've seen it with buddies of mine. I got a friend of mine with four kids. He's hundreds of thousands of dollars and still fighting. You know, and there it's just, wow, it's, it's, it's hell. We didn't own anything together. We both signed prenups. I haven't seen or spoken to her in three and a half years. I went my way. She went hers. Divorce papers sent to my manager's office. I signed them, got sent to her business manager's office. She signed them. That was it. That's clean. It was clean. It's clean. There's not this like, and I'm not downplaying anything. I'm not downplaying Harbury, what anybody goes through or any of that. But when you look at what my problem was, why are we trying to make a financial gain on something that is not what is being portrayed? You know, when I see friends of mine that have gone through hell and back, you know, on both sides of the fence, man, the and process woman, of a divorce, the process, yeah. dude, the fighting back and forth. I'm like, you know, yes, ours was public. Yes, there is some answers to fans. Like you said, they feel like they they need it. And, hey, we let them in. So you got to, you know. Um, but on the on the whole thing, I was like, man, this isn't 
as what this this isn't what people think it was, you know. And um, it was as clean as it could be. It was a breakup with paperwork. I hate that it happened. No one gets married to get divorced. I, I it's something that haunted me for years. You know, it made me mad at myself. Made me, you know, you you over you played things through. Where I did look back and go, maybe I should have done that different. You know, and I think you have no other choice in those situations to look in the mirror and go, okay, what, what did I, what did I do out of this? What, what, how can I stop what I did? If I, what, what I contributed to this, how do I not bring this into the next? And, um, which is how what helped me get through all of it, you know, but that was the part that really just kind of stuck to me a lot was like, man, I don't think people realize like this wasn't this like gruesome battle. It was trying to be forced to be something way bigger than it was, you know? And I think too, that's why I didn't want to add any flame to the fire. Yeah. It's funny too, is you'll be able to help somebody else the way Brantley called you, because I'm thinking I've ta- I've had a lot of conversations with Brantley, I, both in professional settings and mm-hmm. like if we're playing a festival, the same place, you just hang with people. Right. Yeah. And I like Brantley a lot. Me too, man. He's, he's salt of the earth. What you see is what you get. Don't get any better, man. Like, yeah, probably a pretty scary dude if he wanted to be scary toward you. And I wouldn't, yeah. want, I wouldn't want, but I, I wouldn't shove him in an alley, but yeah. <laughs> but I would also, if I needed something and Brantley and I don't talk a whole lot, but I do feel like I've had a connection with Brantley where I could call and be like, Hey dude. Would you help me? And he would come and help. Oh, me, right? without, without a. That being guess. said, he did that for you because Brantley's been through some crap. Yeah, man, crap that he probably was like, if I could handle that different, I would totally. And you're doing this now, and what's going to happen is, and I'm I'm sure of it, it's going to come around where you're going to be able to do that for somebody now. Yeah, yeah. And that's that perspective and empathy that you never really want to sign up for that paperwork. Like I'll have some perspective and empathy because it sucks to have it (laughs) because you had to get it through something. Yeah. I didn't have it before, but it's so valuable Yeah, and it rounds you out as a person. And I feel like you're like, I mean, look, I'm just looking at you, but I feel like you're like happy. I am, man. I just feel in a good place. I feel, um, I've also allowed, uh, you know, I think one of the cool things about therapy is it shows you how to use tools when you're out of That's there. That's what I say. Like therapy doesn't fix you. It just gives you the tools. It gives to, you the tools to understand yeah. how to do it. And so it's allowed me to win instead before when I felt myself feeling that like kind of just sit on the couch and I don't want to do anything. You know, I don't know if it's really feel sorry for yourself, but I, but in a way, I guess, you know, and, uh, now I know how to stop that. Now I go, well, what am I doing? You know, get up, do something. Call somebody. Or at least have the awareness that it's happening. Or at least have the awareness that it's happening. That for me is that sometimes I can't stop it, but I'm like, I know this is not good. I yep. know what's happening. And I can say something to my wife. Or, and they can, she can help me a little bit. Yep. Man, that's, I mean, this has been a really good, like, health, my, this is all health and wellness, man. Dude, I think we might, have, a, that, we might have something This is the here. new show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Uh, let me say this, that uh, Spirits and Demons out now with Megan Patrick, the new EP, Dive Bars and Broken Hearts, came out in June, because we're in July. So Two weeks ago, I believe. Yeah. So, it's out. Yep. It's six tracks. You are you on the road a lot now? Yeah. Is it back full? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. It's this year really feels like it's like it's 2019. Like the last couple of years, it was obviously 2021 was weird. 2022 was more open. You kind of had some of the places that were, you know, you had a show car, or whatever. Um, but now it's, yeah, we're, we're dude, me and John party played uh barefoot fest, I think in New Jersey. And it's like thir- Thursday, like 27,000 people out there on a Thursday on the beach. Hey, we're back. Yeah, it's full, full tilt. That's awesome. So. Uh, congratulations, man, on just, I don't know, a, a, like an existence that just feels healthy. Thank you, man. You know, I, that's it's awesome. Like, that's where it is. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it is. And you're going to have songs that go number one, and you're going to have seasons that you can't get anything to work, and you're going to get back to the number ones again. You have seasons that can't. But that ain't as much as what it's about is like just that that consistency and knowing that yeah. for me, like there's value regardless. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we, you know, there's more. We we're so fortunate to do what we love, and we're passionate about what we do, what we do, but it's not who we are. Yeah, I struggle with that. A yeah. lot. My identity, I really struggle with what my identity is. Yeah, same, man. I'm working towards it. I yep. still suck at yeah. it, but I'm working towards it. <laughs> hey, it's just making tomorrow better than today. You guys follow Michael Ray at Michael Ray Music, uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Michael Ray Official on TikTok, and you guys check out the new music that's out now. Michael, good to see you, buddy. You too, buddy. Thank you, man. Thanks for listening to a BobbyCast production. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T E C O V A S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.